You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, Lead Pastor Eugene Smith will continue with our series called I Quit. All of us from time to time complain when things just simply do not go our way. We make excuses, yet the Bible clearly says that complaining can be a sin. You can spend your time complaining, taking your eyes off of God, or you can find a way to make things better. Our scripture text comes from Numbers chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Today's message is entitled, Complaining. If you have your Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me to Numbers, Numbers chapter 11. I want us to stand together for the reading of God's Word. Stand together for the reading of God's Word. Numbers chapter 11, we're going to look at two passages. Two passages. Numbers chapter 11, verse number 1. Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers, fourth book of Bible. This is the Torah. This is God actually speaking to Moses. Moses encounters God, and God tells him what he's supposed to do. Numbers chapter 11 records Moses' encounter with God and his legal children. Now we're going to skip over after that just a couple of pages. So Numbers chapter 14, verse number 2. Numbers chapter 11, verse number 1. Now when the people complained, everyone say complain. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Wow. Let's skip over just a couple of pages. Numbers chapter 14. We're going to read verse number 2. Numbers 14, verse number 2. And the Bible says, All the children of Israel Are you with me? All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us out of the land, of this land, to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children may become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation, of the children of Israel. This morning, my pastoral prayer is going to be for our United States military, for our president. We're going to pray for our secretary of defense, our secretary of treasury, and for our men and women that are serving in our armed forces. The United States of America, as of yesterday, is engaged in our third conflict. We're actually involved in three wars around the world today. And I believe that we should pray as a church. Bible commands us to pray for those who are important, pray for presidents and leaders those who are important, so that it may be at peace with us. But we're going to pray for the leadership of our nation. We're going to pray for God's peace to come. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this great nation. We thank you that we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We thank you for the men and women that have dedicated their lives to service in a public way, Lord, and engaging, Lord, and, and standing against opposition and tyranny around the world. We pray for our president, Barack Obama, and his family this weekend as they're in Rio de Janeiro. We pray for your protection over them. We pray that you give him wisdom as his cabinet members. And Father, we ask right now, Lord, from the Secretary of Defense Gates and the Secretary of, uh, of, of State, uh, Hillary Clinton, we pray for them, Lord, as they take leadership in engaging nations around the world to bring peace into this region. We ask right now for your kingdom and purposes and plans. We ask that you will bless this great nation. God, you will bless us and be with us. And 
God, that you will quell the violence. We pray for the people in Japan again this morning. God, through all the stuff that they've gone through this last week, we come into an agreement today. We pray your grace would be their portion. Let their hearts be open to hear the message of hope of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ today. We ask this now in your wonderful and your mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled, I Quit. I Quit. Last week, we talked about I Quit Making Excuses. Alright. Anybody this week, was anybody this week challenged with wanting to make excuses? Kind of caught yourself? Anybody? Okay. Alright. I finished preaching last week, and I knew that this Sunday I'd be preaching on complaining. I don't know about you, but I'm a generally fairly positive guy, and a generally fairly happy guy, but the moment I left here last Sunday and I started thinking about complaining, I realized I complain a lot more than I think. I mean, I, I don't think that I do, but my complaints express themselves as frustrations. My, my complaints express themselves as deep concerns. Now, I know that no one else here has that problem, but I began to really think about what I was saying, and I've been trying to monitor myself this week in the area of complaining. And, you know, Monday was rough, and it was okay, and I, you know, asked them to forgive me, help me, and then went Tuesday, Wednesday. But my best day was yesterday. That was Saturday. Saturday, I had a complaint-free day. You know what that was? I never left my house. <laughs> I never left my bedroom. I stayed home all day yesterday. I had the best day of my week. I just stayed home, prepared my heart, thinking about this area of complaining. There's something in the human nature. Psychologists tell us that the more that people have, the greater the tendency for them to complain. The more that you have, because what happens is you have so much. That when something isn't quite right or skewed or there's so much opportunity out there, you become discontented with what you have. And when you become discontented, you want to express that. And now you don't always verbalize it. Sometimes it's just an internal frustration. And then you find yourself kind of mumbling under your breath, kind of talking, complaining about circumstances or situations or things that are taking place in your life. See, the problem is, the problem when we complain the problem when we complain about a lot of circumstances and things that are in our life, we place ourselves in the middle of the universe. That's what we're doing. That's exactly what's happening. The reason we enter into that kind of mindset and thinking and thoughts is because we're the center of the universe. And we should have it. And everyone else should understand that it's all about you. Now, we would never verbalize it if we, you know, we've been a Christian or you know, we know that that's not exactly right. But that's emotionally how we feel. And emotionally, our perception is reality to every person in this room. Emotion or feelings are true to every person. Whether they're true or not, uh, see, my wife says she feels a certain way. I might not agree with what she's saying. <coughs> But I must validate what she's saying is true to her. And that's where conflict comes in. That's where challenge comes in. The point of my message this morning, the point, put that up there. The point, living a complaint-free life enables us to experience the blessing of being in right relationship with God and other people. 
Living a complaint-free life enables us to experience the blessing of being in a right relationship with God and with other people. The dictionary defines complaining as this, to express pain, grief, or discontent. It makes sense for us to complain about certain things. We're going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about all the things I complain about. It's not, but, but the thing that God really can't stand is what? You know what it's like. We don't like to be around some of the whiners. I mean, you know, we might be whiners at times, but we know that it's not right. But there's also a, another kind of complaint that people do. Comedians do it all the time. People make a complaint to get a laugh. People make a complaint to get a laugh. When I was a kid, my favorite, one of my, one of my favorite comedians was a guy by the name of Rodney Danger. Now you got to be a couple of years old to remember Rodney Gatorfield. But Rodney Gatorfield had his shit. And his shit was he'd kind of come out dressed up with a suit, white with a white shirt and a red tie, and he'd be disheveled, you know, and hair kind of messed up. And he'd, I get no respect. I get no respect. And he had all these one-liners. One of his one-liners, I looked up, one of his one-liners, I get no respect. My father carries him out in the picture of the kid who came with his wallet. <laughs> I get no respect. And that was just, I mean, you know, I got no respect for his wife, he got no respect for his kids, and he always got no respect. He was always complaining, and actually it was pretty funny, because every, you know, a lot of things that he said had just an element of truth in them to make them true. It's good Sometimes we complain to share life experiences. Think about all the people groups in America that are connected together because of the mindset of complaining. Words, they have a beef or a problem with something, and so they kind of get together and they form a group so they can share with one another how they feel about their complaints or frustrations about a certain situation. I mean, especially in the world of politics. Especially in the world of politics. People gather together and come into groups because they have a complaint about problems, circumstances, or a situation. But I've also found that you can do this with parents. You know, we, we want to feel where another person is at, and so we'll, we'll say something about our child. See, my child's having a hard time in school, and, and we'll just kind of see what kind of feedback we get from that person. Maybe what, what we say, you know, we say it lovingly, we're not trying to throw our child under the bus, but you know, we just want to see if we can get some empathy from somebody else. Yeah, that child, child. We want to get empathy from somebody and want them to identify with us. No. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to bear one another's burdens. So there's nothing wrong necessarily with sharing something that would be a prairie for us. But when it becomes a problem, is we don't just tell one person, but we tell all of our friends about our child's backgrounds. Then it becomes complaining. You see, and there's a big difference. And when we enter into that realm, we become whiners. And when we become whiners, we have a problem. We have an internal problem. We have something taking place in our lives and our hearts that's just not quite right. So I've never met a person yet who's never complained because we don't. My staff, my team knows. They know on certain days they try to stay away from me because you know I'm not in the best moods. That doesn't happen very often, but we all do. We all have days where life is challenging. We're thinking wrong. We're focused on the wrong things. We're focused on me. We all throughout the life. All throughout the Bible, I mean, from Adam's, I was reading all the Old Testament and New Testament. There were people in the Bible who complained. But the story that we read this morning is about a people called the Israelites. A people who God said they would be the blessed people on the face of the earth. They would be the head and not the toe. 
That God would take them into a good place. He would give them a land of milk and honey. God would bless them above all the peoples of the earth. I mean, everything they did be blessed. I mean, God laid out these promises for them that were incredible. All they had to do was believe. That's all they had to do. They had to believe and move forward. They had to press through adversity and challenges. But whenever adversity and challenges came to their life, they complained. They complained about the food. They didn't like the kind of food that they got. They complained about their housing conditions. They complained about where they lived. They complained about the, their leaders. They complained about Moses. They complained about Eric. They complained that they were out of the wilderness. They complained about their lot in life. And when they started to complain about their lot in life, God got really angry. God got really, really angry. So they weren't complaining about their circumstances, really. You know what they were complaining about? They were complaining about their God. When you start complaining and you go down that trail, there is an energy that's released. There's this negativity that's released. And you know how it goes. You have you voice one negative complaint, and then it's just easy to voice the next negative complaint. And then you voice the next negative complaint. A while back, I was at my house, and before we came to work, I was in the room, I met with my wife, and we were getting ready, and we were talking, and I just got on one of those complaint modes. Where, you know, and I start, I said one thing, and I said another thing, I said another thing, and I said another thing, and it just kind of went down the truck. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just spoke in the room. The voice of the Holy Spirit spoke. And her name was Laura Smith. <laughs> and she said, why did you just say one more thing? Maybe you'll get it all out. <laughs> I know none of you who made you on this, but, you know, this is reality. This is where we're at. And when we go down that trail, we're not complaining about, I mean, we are complaining about the circumstance, but honestly, what we're complaining about, we're complaining about the God, Jesus, Jesus, and His greatest concern in our life is that we become like His Son, Jesus. The greatest concern that God has for you is that He is able to fulfill His purposes and plans in your life. Become like Jesus. That's the concern. So the problems, the pain, the pressure, all those things that you feel like, they're all about God working in you. Trust Him. He has begun to work in you. We'll complete it if you allow it. You know, this complaint, this very complaint, I want to give you four problems. Four problems. And the children of Israel experience all these. The, the first thing is that when you go down the trail of complaining, you release negativity and problem in your life. When you go down the trail, you start to complain, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's about your kids, whether it's about your neighbor. I mean, once you start going down that trail of complaining, you release negativity in your life. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. And do not complain as some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. A complaining spirit is like cancer of the soul. It gets into your heart, it gets into your spirit, it affects everyone around you. Happens in churches all the time. And it gets disgruntled with the leadership. And all of a sudden they'll find themselves sitting outside and they're talking and they'll start to pull. They're disgruntled, they're offended, they're hurt. The pastor didn't say something like Whatever, maybe the pastor didn't do something wrong. And they start to gather other people around. They start to share their complaint. And all of a sudden, that cancer, that complaining spirit of them, starts to spread to other people. 
It happens in businesses. Years ago, I was working in a place, and the man that I worked for, my boss, had worked for the employees that we worked for for 20 years. He'd been an employee for 20 years, but he was my boss. And he was a two-faced individual. He would smile. He would say all the right things. He would act like a really good employee to the owners, but behind their back, he was conniving. He was stealing, lying, saying bad things, spreading poison to the rest of the employees. And I can tell you, in that workplace, it was a bad environment. It was a negative environment. Remember, I stopped one time and thought, why in the world does everybody hate the owners of that? They don't even know them. They don't even know the owners. They barely even know their names. How can they hate something they don't know? You know what it was? It was one person. One person who had a negative spirit. One person sharing their opinion. How they felt about everything. Telling everybody else. Affected a whole other people. Affected a whole other people. It releases negativity in your life. Heard a story about a real estate agent, and he was showing property to his family. And the family asked him, they said, uh, What are the people around here like? What are the people in this community like? And the real estate agent had enough wits about him to stop and said, Well, what were the people like in the place that you came from? They said, Oh, man, they just, they were kind. They were kind of grumpy. They didn't like the kids. And it was just, it wasn't a very good place. And he said, you know what? That's exactly what this neighborhood is like. This neighborhood is exactly like that. And they were like, oh, they decided that they would like that. You know what he knew? He knew that everywhere those people went, there they were. Everywhere they went, there was going to be a problem. See, the fact is, wherever you are right now, Whatever, whatever conflict, whatever problem, whatever, whatever situation you work through, relationships, you're there for a reason. You're there for a reason. And God is doing something in you. And it really wants to do with my attitude, with the attitude of your heart. So when we enter into this realm of complaining, there we are. Secondly, I want you to see is that complaining hurts the heart of God. Complaining hurts the heart of God. You know God really loves you. For God so loved the world, the world, that's you, that's me. For God so loved the world, that he gave his own begotten son. He loved you. He loves you. He was willing to give his very best for you. Because God loves you, his plan for you is good. Jeremiah told me, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And you might not believe that, but that's what God said. I know the plans. Well, when you start to complain about your own life, it is not fair, it is too hard, it is too challenging. You have the wrong vision for God. It's an act to the wrong vision. You have the wrong perspective about who you are and what your life is about. And so what happens in your life, in emotions, in feelings, it builds this wall, this wall of separation between you and God. It hurts the heart of God. Numbers chapter 11, and the Lord was greatly displeased. He was displeased with them. When we go down this trail a complaining spirit, we're displeasing God. And it hurts us hard. It, it's kind of like this, you know, my boys, my boys have had a way better life than I ever had. My boys have never missed a meal. My boys have never gone to the refrigerator and opened the refrigerator and never not had food in there. 
My, my boys have never had a time where, the, where his, their parents could pay the bills, could keep the power, could pay the mortgage. My boys have never experienced that in their whole life. Their, their life has been way better. Because that was what I experienced as a child. And let me tell you, there are times in my boys, they've been ungrateful. Well, Christmas wasn't good enough. Or, you know, why don't I? Why don't I do the dishes? Why don't I make the bed? Why don't I clean my room? It's too much. This family, this, there's too many rules here. All these kinds of things, they start to complain. I, I don't know about you, but as a parent, like, Set your heart to obey the word of God. Then look at what he says. 
He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and truth. Continue to work out your salvation with work and truth. Someone wrote, fear God so far today, I've done all right. I have a gossip, lost, or lost my temper. <coughs> I have been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. And for that, I'm very thankful. But in the next few moments, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm probably going to need it. <laughs> you got to take responsibility for your life. Work out your own salvation. The pastors can come alongside. I mean, people can encourage you. The Bible commands us to encourage one another. The fact is, you've got to take responsibility. If you're in a relationship problem, you've got to take the responsibility to be the bigger person. We're just helping Sometimes we're going to wait for our spouse. We're going to wait for our friend. We're going to wait for a code. We're going to wait. You know, they've wronged us, so we're going to wait for them to come to us and ask for forgiveness. You know, what's this wrong? It's completely backwards. It's, it's exactly opposite of what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you know that someone has something against you, you that are mature, you go to that person. You go to that person. You know what I call it? I call it outbid. Just you be a, an adult. You take responsibility for your life. You're going to overcome. You're going to live in a place of blessing with God. You've got to take responsibility for your life. And the third thing I want you to see, you've got to trust God's Look at verse number 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. The New Living Translation says it like this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in you. God is working in you. All things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That means wherever you are today, whatever station, whatever lot, whatever place, doesn't mean that your future isn't going to be different. Your future won't be different, I can tell you, if you continue to focus on the negative and continue to release unbelief who complain in your life. Your future will be different. Your future will be different if you understand that it is God that works in you for his good pleasure. You were created by God. You were made by God. You were made for His good pleasure. August 28, 1963, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And he didn't stand and say, Isn't it terrible how bad we've been treated? No, he spoke words that struck a chord with our nation and still does. It brings tears to my eyes. See, he stood, he didn't focus on the problem, but he focused on the potential future. And he said, I have a dream. See, you can focus on your problem, you can focus on your circumstances, or you can look to the future with optimism, with faith, with hope, knowing that God before you, who can be against you. Someone said it in this morning. And the fourth thing you have to do, you got to make no whining your goal. You can give us some. You're going to stop. You're going to leave here today. And the food's going to be cold. You're going to leave here today and your child didn't pick up their mess. You're going to leave here today and your spouse is going to say something wrong. You're going to leave here today and someone's going to pull out in front of you in traffic. Right? You're going to leave 
were challenged. Look at the symbolism. Look at verse number 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Do everything without complaining or arguing. You see, some things, I don't know about you, but this is like kind of one of the hardest verses in the Bible. If you are around a bunch of people that are complaining all the time, you know what you'll do? You'll complain. So if you're around some positive people. So here's my challenge. This is how we're going to close today. This is how we're going to close. God wants to bless. God wants to live your life. I've come to give you life and to give it to you more life. What I'm talking about it doesn't mean that we address real life problems. We're truthful people. We address real problems. But we address problems to people who can make a difference. Here we go. If you have a problem, you have a problem with your spouse. Don't be talking to all your girlfriends about the problem. See, that's in play. <coughs> if you got a problem at work with your children, don't be talking to all the other girlfriends about the problem. Talk directly with that individual. See, that's the tool right there. You got a problem anyway. You see, we're not talking about not dealing with stuff, but we're talking about dealing with stuff in the right way. Make no way the goal of your life. Look at that little no way bump, little sticker I got up here. No way. So here's a challenge to you today. Here's a challenge to every person in this room. Go one day. Just try it. Just try it one day without complaining about anything. Like your kids, if you make the room, don't complain. Redirect the energy, refocus the conversation. You know, I mean, however you gotta do it, don't complain. Don't use it. You all of us. You all of us. You all you all of us. You all of us. Right? So go one day. And then really the ultimate goal is for us to just go one week. Just try, just try. Let's try. Let's just get a big, you know, if you get one win, get one win. Listen, and if you don't make it the next one day, don't say, well, forget it. I didn't get to do it. That's too hard. No, no, no. Get back up and try it again the next day, okay? And, you know, try it on Tuesday. Try it on Wednesday. Let's get it going. As a church, so as a church family, we're going to have one week, no complaining week. Well, think about it. Just think about it. I mean, you start, you really go home and start thinking about it. You're like, oh boy, I'm going to be talking a lot less than I talk right now. <laughs> Sorry. There's so many times, I'm so opinionated. I got to tell you about everything. You're going to be doing this with your words. Stay on this way. No complaint. I quit complaining. You know, you know, you were there. The fact is this morning, some of you, right now, there have been some really negative things in your life. Because you have you had a complaining heart, you had a complaining spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now, he wants you to change. You want the Holy Spirit's here, I want you to close your eyes, just overlooking. Remember, you just wait just a moment. Just the just the focus, just for a moment here. So I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you right now. So I want you to close your eyes. We're going to move forward to God today. I quit, I quit, and I quit. Now, by the power of God, the strength of the Spirit of God, I quit you, but make a choice today. Take responsibility for your own choices. You can do what Christ is in you, the whole Lord. You can do everything that God has commanded you. You can't do it. You can't do it without Him. You're not out of your own power. This isn't a self-help message. This is a message the Holy Spirit enables us to do by His grace. It all starts with mindset change. Thank you, Jimmy. Allowing God to fill our hearts today with His presence. Allowing God to fill us, cleanse us, and wash us. You're in the room today. So I'm looking for a fresh start. 
I'm looking for a fresh start. So there's no looking. I'm looking for a fresh start. Some relationships, and some problems in my life. I don't care if it's a person with a fault or not. You know in your life that you you exasperate complaining. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. That's you. There's no looking for young prayer. I want you to raise your hand. One, two. Second challenge, I'm going to ask everybody on the commit this week to go for one day. Just try it. Just try it one day. Commit to going the whole week. Trying to live in a complaint free Challenge. That's you. you want to join the City Church Challenge to live. I quit complaining campaign. That's you. Count for the two. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Keep that hand up right now because that's your agreement. That's your pledge for God. God sees you. God sees your hand. Your hand kept up right now. Right, Father, you saw every person who raised their hand. On the first response, Lord, they said, Lord, I'm exasperated. I've got some problems, some things in my life. I'm not quite right. Some relationships need to be restored and healed. God, I praise you. Family members, work, wherever it's at. God, I know today that you do know. You do. You have given us your power. We're not powerless today. We are powerful today to do everything you've asked us to do. So Holy Spirit of God, I pray that every person here will take that responsibility for themselves to walk this out. Bless your people today. Father, for those, every person in the room today, that we would really take this seriously. It's humorous at times. God, I believe there's a powerful purpose and plan that you want to release through every person in this room. Because Lord, this city needs a church that's full of hope. This city needs a church that's full of life. This church, this city needs a people who love God and believe that God is good. Father is for them today. God, I pray today that we will be a people who are righteous and blessed and pure. That our light would shine. It would just shine out of the city. God, that we are people who love you. And we love you. I ask this not Jesus in your mighty name. Thanks for listening to this message, Complaining with Lead Pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.